Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn with Go Along. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, for reading everything at GoAlongTD.com. Here is our exclusive happy hour with Stevie Johnson, our first happy hour of 2023. As I've mentioned a few times, these are going to be exclusive to our VIP members. So if you become a VIP for 150 a year, you get happy hour access. That's hanging out with players around the NFL, past and present. If there's somebody that you want to throw back a beer with on Zoom, let me know and we'll make it happen. It also gets you a go-long hoodie, a copy of the Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football, and much more throughout this coming off season into the 2023 season. We're going to get creative with things. So thank you to everybody who's become a VIP member. Now for the first one, Stevie Johnson, first happy hour, uh, readers, subscribers hanging out these NFL players. We made it open to all the paid subscribers at Go Long. So thank you to everybody who hopped on and really had some great questions for Stevie Johnson about the sport itself, about handle biz, have fun, and, and his mentorship program, everything he's doing with kids in the Sacramento area. And he's going to be bringing it to Buffalo for two weeks as well. So you'll get some information on that if you live in Western New York. Just one of a kind dude, Stevie Johnson, the way he changed the position and, and really the Buffalo Bills, giving that team a swagger that it never really had. Kind of a boring operation for a number of years. He kind of lives on today. So I think you'll love Stevie. This was a lot of fun. Thank you again to everybody who hopped on and a huge thank you to everybody who wants to become a VIP member at Go Long. You can just click the link right here um, in the description if you're considering. And without further ado, here is Stevie Johnson. Stevie Johnson, one of a kind, often imitated, never duplicated. And I swear, Stevie, I told I just told you this earlier in the week. Like your name comes up organically all the time talking to wide receivers today. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins, we were talking again last night, and he's explaining how he operates in Brian Dayball's offense. And it's not really about, you know, running around this specific way. It's just just get to this spot, however you get to this spot. That stuff you were doing. A decade ago, but I mean, we'll get into handle biz, have fun, uh, everything you're doing with with your mentorship program out in Sacramento and then out here in Buffalo as well. But right, first cool. off, how in the hell are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me again. It's uh, it's, it's good to be on with you. Thanks for the time. You know, always good to talk Bills football and be a part of the community. You know, no doubt. I mean, what's uh. What's it like from your vantage point, you know, when you're following the Bills today? I think, you know, they kind of are connecting with uh, the the the, re- the recent legends like yourself more. I mean, we see you come back and wave the flag and be a part of things, but you're also on the other side of the country. It's still bright out there right now, and it's dark out here. How connected can you kind of be to the team? Um, I mean, I'm at a, I'm at a comfortable connection as far as, you know, when I was in the game, I, I didn't really – I enjoyed it a lot, but it was more so, all right, I got to, we got to make, accomplish a goal, accomplish a goal. But now I'm so comfortable. It's like, you know, we just watch it for the entertainment. Hopefully nobody get hurt. Um, and just enjoying, you know, what's going on, the blessings, you know, of uh, watching these guys play and of us being able to watch them play, you know, without any uh, complaints. So I'm cool. I'm cool, man. 
I love it. And yeah, we'll definitely like we always do on these happy hours, just we'll let, we'll let folks fire away, but I know you want to get into, you know, handle biz, have fun. Like what's, what was the impetus for that? I think you touched on it when we did that Q and a along, it feels yeah. like it was like a year and a half ago, but like yeah. you're in COVID, right? You're trying to figure out how can I change the world? How can I affect kids? How can I give back? And that's a way you can do it, right? It's, it's bigger than football too. Yeah, that was, that was it. You know, to simplify it, it was just basically doing the things right now. My mentorship of club HBHF is, is simply doing the things that I did to get to the level that, that I was able to get to, you know? So all I'm doing is, um, you know, like, like the process that I took, the steps that I took, the, um, you know, situations I've been in, I just, just thought about them and, 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 and like recreated it in a sense to um, mentor these, these kids from around the world. And um, we, we had our first season, we had our first symposium, uh, official symposium, and, and it went well. The kids reacted to it well. Um, we surprisingly got kids with scholarships. Um, and it's a surprise to me because I don't, I don't, I don't announce that. I don't tell kids to come to our mentorship program to, and you'll get a scholarship. I don't guarantee that. I just guarantee that you will be a better individual after you leave our, you know, our programs. And, um, and that was the, that was a big hit. Um, the bonus was them getting a scholarship. So I can see that it's working. I just want to keep going hard for them. That's great. How many kids did you take in? I think originally you were thinking like a finite, like small number, so you could really be hands-on and, and you house them, you train them, you, you talk about life skills, all that. Yeah, uh, this past one, we had 11. We had 11 kids come out from different states and um, they enjoyed it. They enjoyed their time. You know, they, they learned a lot. We had a, a, a good group, a solid group of um, individuals, you know, to where everybody wasn't the top dog. Um, and even the top dog came in and learned some things. He learned how to become a leader. He learned how to, um, you know, listen to others in a sense, you know, um, when we put them in situations. Um, and it, and it just, it just helped them out a lot, man. It, it was, it was great. And, and every single one of them, they weren't football players, you know, we had a couple that was just entrepreneurs that wanted to see the life um, of a football player. And, you know, they got what they wanted. How how long was it? How long did they stay with you? A week. It, it was eight days, eight days. Uh, that documentary, there's a lot of episodes there. I'm thinking, my God, they, they just spend the whole summer out there. Right. It seemed like, <laughs> right. You know, it, it's funny that you, that you say that it's just, you know, I, I had a plan, a strategic plan, and I had a, a team of guys that that knew that plan. You know, our our cameraman uh, Reggie Guapo, he was he did a great job because he filled in as as a host. He filled in as um like like security as far as you know when we were going, he was around the guys twenty four seven. Um, you know, or, as far as organization with videos and everything, you know, we we went everywhere. It's um, it's a it's something I put together like an XA tour. You know, we went from um, Sacramento to San Francisco to um, Vallejo. We we went up and down the highway. I took them everywhere so they can meet different people, meet different coaches, play against different players, you know, be in different uh, areas and environments and um, all things that I had to do on on my way to becoming, you know, uh, one of the best off the line, I would say, you know, because I I ran into a lot of different players, a lot of different areas. So I was I was comfortable in, in uncomfortable situations. And that's what I provided for them. And I just, I love the theme. I mean, you can just do it your way. It doesn't have to be something from a dusty, you know, textbook that's been around yeah. for 60, 70, 80 years. I mean, you, you change the position. I think 
I mean, De- I mean, Dell and Joe, a lot, a lot of folks in here can speak to this too, but I, you know, the Buffalo Bills growing up here during the drought, it, it's like, you know, it was just very stale and bland. And I think a lot of Bills fans would try to find any small, tiny, minuscule thing to get excited about. And, right. uh, you know, like kind of boring coaches, boring offenses. And then how it in comes Stevie Johnson, seventh round pick out of Kentucky. And you just kind of lit a flame that it's kind of still going, burning to this day. And it's hard really? to kind of like define that, that flame, but you can feel it and you can see it watching this team or that, that the swagger, right? I mean, how would you kind of define, you know, the, the effect that you brought to the Buffalo yeah. Bills? Um, I guess it was a glimpse of, of what you've seen today, I guess, you know, like, like when you say that swagger, um, to put it in, 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 in more words, it's, it was, it's, it's freedom. It was comfortable to, to have that swagger and say, yeah, we, we about, so our team is swag and this and that, you know, we got the mindset of, of, you know what I'm saying? Of that. Yeah. It wasn't nothing you had to hide or be an individual about, you know, now our coaches have the swagger, our management got the swagger. You feel me? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's like, um, you know, when we was, when I was there, uh, from the beginning and, and, and then middle way through until we start changing with com- connecting the community and stuff, but it was seemed like it was an overcast, you know? So you, you guys, I seen the same thing that y'all was looking at, you know, I'm like, man, it's just not, something's not adding up here. Like this is an NFL game. It's an NFL team. Like it's the guy shouldn't be like dull right now. Like even if like the game, you ain't winning all the games. Okay. It's a lot that you got to take to win a game, but you still don't have to be boring on the field, man. Like these, these fans are here to, they work all week to come see us one day on Sunday give them some energy. You know what I mean? Like you did, made a good play hype up. And I was like, man, I just know once I get my chance, I'm a, no matter what happens, I'm gonna give them some energy, man. And, um, and, it, and, the, and you guys appreciate it, man. And it's, and it's cool because now the whole team is giving that. Kind of started that preseason game, right? You had that, that play. Nobody yeah. really knew who you were at that time. And it, it, it took people by surprise. Did your, Jabron Hampton, did he, did he throw yeah. it to you? Yeah. Jabron, man. I, again, it was just, just me kind of kind of writing my own path in a sense because Jabron, like I said, when I was on on a, what was it one Bills Live, you know, he wanted to run the regular hitch hit rich hitch route. I'm like, look, we don't have this is not what they came to see. They came to see some something happen. Plus it's preseason, like bro, like man, let's let it fly. <laughs> and um man, like just thankfully he he did it and, and he kept looking my way. And um and then we made the play, man. It was it was the start of it. That was definitely the start of it. That's why I tell a lot of the guys, even in the program, like, why are we watching preseason games? It's like, look, you too young to even be saying preseason is irrelevant. You feel me? Like, that's where you actually earn your spot, you know? So watch this. Watch the heart. Watch them playing no matter what the score is. That's how you go get ahead. And, um, you know, that's, that's a learning lesson right there in the zone because a lot of kids – they instantly hit that transfer porter, portal when they when they see something's not going right because their mindset is, oh, it's preseason. Nobody worry about preseason. Or, you know, it's just like a weak mentality, I would say. You know, not everybody go that's jumping to the portal has a weak mentality. But, you know, nowadays there's so many options. So kids just, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. When it get a little bit too hard, you know, because um, they focus on the wrong things. Like, like saying preseason is bad. You know, no, nah, it ain't. At your age, you need to love it. You know, when you a seasoned vet, then you can start talking about that. You know, man, that's such a great point. It, and it takes people like you, kind of, you know, drilling that, drilling that down, and letting kids know, like, hey, there's gonna be, 
you need obstacles. Like you need to fight through stuff in life to just, and it's primitive. I mean, we're all kind of wired that way. That's the only way you evolve as a species, but all right, I'm going to shut the hell up. I I, let, I want to pass it to Dell because he's kind of part of this whole story himself. But Dell, for people who don't know, like how did Stevie become almost like larger than life? And how were you kind of a part of that as well? Like, and it was it 2013, I want to say. No, no, well, no, 10, well, 10. Was it? Uh... Well, first of all, he was larger than life before, like, I enter any kind of story at all. Like, I was actually, Stevie, that was actually my first, I don't know if I told you that before. That was actually the first away game I ever went to was when what? you had that breakout performance against the Bengals. And I remember being way up in the end zone and like, what did he do with the camera? What did he like? What, what, what was, what was he doing down there? And I find out afterwards I'm driving home with my dad. Uh, you wrote like, why so serious on your shirt and everything. So that was kind of, you already like such a breath of fresh air, not to, to blow smoke or anything, but like Ty touched on it before. Like there was, I mean, I never really truly broke as a Bills fan, but I came pretty close for, for several years there in the mid two thousands. It reached the point where you talk about those boring offenses and everything, just how um, dull I, I reached the point where it was like, I guess my whole point of being a Bills fan and having these season tickets is so I can see all the other superstars come in and perform. I can see LaDainian Tomlinson. I can see, you know, Terrell Owens, you know, before he was a bill, but like, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, just having, you know, even just, Chan Gailey, just his offense in in twenty, I think it was really twenty eleven when it really changed. At least from what I know, <laughs> isn't that funny though? You weren't really excited about the Bills until Chan Gailey came to town. Well, I mean, for real though, like, no, <laughs> it's right though. Previous coaches, but like Chan was a breath of fresh air. I mean, like so yeah. at least in terms of having an offense and just not. I think Turk no. Schoenert when he left, he called it a pop gun offense. But um, Turk, <laughs> yeah. That. I remember that time, and and you're right. Like Chan came in with a whole different attitude. You know, he he was more like, let's get creative, let's air it out, let's move a little faster. He was he was definitely a breath of fresh air as far as players um, playing for a coach. You know, uh, nothing wrong with with Dick Duran. Dick Duran was good, he was cool, but it was more t- it was by the book. You know what I mean? Or they say we got to punt on third. Okay, we go punt every time on third. You know, it wasn't no. Um, what's gonna happen? No, no intensity, no thrill of it, you know. Um, and yeah, like, like we give a lot of credit to to, to Coach Gailey. Yeah, I remember when you dressed up as him as Halloween. I think it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, like just think, just things like that. Like that's just it's just that's fun, man. You know, that's that's fun, and and it kind of connected, you know, the community again. You know, to see that it's it's a different side of our team than just the the grit and the grind. You know, they they. They're human. They're they're fun. You know, um, we was just missing the doves at the time. You know, but we got plenty of them things now. Yeah, right. But Ty, anyway, sorry to, to speak to that real quick. But like, um, so anyways, yeah, for the maybe one or two of you who don't know anything uh, about the whole Bills Mafia thing, Stevie's drop uh, against the uh, the Steelers uh, that next week from the, after that Bengals game that I just mentioned. Um, you know, I, I think everyone knows the story about what happened there on, on Twitter, but um, myself and uh, Breon Harris and Leslie Willie and uh, a few other people, we uh, started defending him against <laughs> the nation, the world down there, it seemed like. <laughs> right, yeah, for real. And it was just like we were sticking, you know, we were like just circling the wagons. It sounds corny, but that's really what mm-hmm. we were doing. We were standing up for our, our new guy that's really come on the scene and showed, like, oh my gosh, first of all, this dude is fun. This guy's got talent. Like, holy cow, Buffalo has a player that we can be excited to play in Madden now. 
uh, as yeah. opposed to just another guy with like a, a 76 <laughs> receiving ability. But, um, but yeah, so uh, Adam Schefter retweeted uh, uh, Stevie's tweet the next day. We were super oversensitive bunch and we started making fun of him. It was completely unwarranted. <laughs> I'll say that completely unwarranted, but that's where we were. He right. blocked a bunch of us and I called us the Bills Mafia a few months later and just other fans started using it. Players started using it. Yeah. News started using it. ESPN started using it. And eventually the Bills 10 years, nine years later finally came on board and they started using it too. But we weren't trying to start nothing, man. We were trying right. to do a movement. It was, if, I always say if it wasn't Bills Mafia, it was going to be something else because Bills fans are so passionate with the advent of social media. We were going to get organized anyway. That's just, you know, that's just how it kind of happened. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's all raw and real, man. It's, it's, it's the best. You know, we not, we wasn't, nobody was expecting for it to be as big as, as it was or any of that, that, for that situation to turn into what it did, but it did. And, and, and it's a, it's a positive. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's no, it's people cool, loved you though, too, Stevie, right? Like that authenticity of this crazy play happens and everybody loved you, was living through you, could, could, feel what you felt in that moment too. I think that's it kind of like what happened in that game and then what you tweeted and then everything that it, it, it's kind of all one and the same, right? Like, like Dell yeah. said, it was kind of like this confluence of factors to just light the flame on, on Bill's mafia, which my God, I, it's crazy. I mean, you can't, you really can't even watch a Bill's segment on TV without people saying Bill's mafia at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. It's a testament to the whole, to the whole area. That testament to the whole area, man. Everybody got that in their blood, that Bill's mafia. Love it. I don't know if, uh, if Joe, anybody, if you just, just fire away and you know, we got, we got Stevie here to tell some lies and kick it I've for got, a bit. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a thing. I moved out of the Western New York area in 99. I'm originally from Gowanda. So Ty, I interact with you sometimes using a football card account called Vintage Cards 77. So I collect football cards and stuff. But uh, that's so right. Moved, okay. Yeah. So I moved out of the area. Um, I live in Northern Virginia, but Stevie, you know, the bills are always the connection back home, but you in particular, uh, I mean, Ty said it, just the breath of fresh, fresh air and to, you know, borrow on Dell. It's not blowing smoke, like being external, watching this team. I grew up in the nineties rooting for the bills. Right. And then God, it was just brutal. And then you come along, honestly, it was entertaining. It was fun. Like it just made it fun to watch. So my question for you is this, I was thinking about this while walking my dog. Um, Is there a play, if you could go back in time and grab one of your teammates and go play on this current team, who would it be and why? Um, Dang, you know, I'll probably give my spot up and let Kyle and, and Freddie come back. You know, I, I think I'd definitely do something like that because they they were there before me, you know, and um, they were, I guess, trying to do what I was what I did. But they were still, you know, they weren't really trying to break the rules, though. You know, um, I really didn't mind about the rules. I just had to try to make it. But those guys put it in every day from like once you wake up and get in there, they was professional all through and through. So I would definitely get my spot up and let them to go in. That's cool. Thank you. Yep, yep, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt, man. Stevie, last time you were, or one of the last times you were in town, I ran into you at, at the Sabres game, and you were as nice as could be, so thank you for that, you know, just saying hi to everybody. And no uh, so thanks for that. Um, 
So in honor of you and Ty both having books out now, if um, what receiver that you've played with or against do you think more has the tight end mentality that could have made it into Ty's book? Like somebody that wasn't like a receiver, they were just had that crazy mindset that a tight end would have. Who would you say that would be? Anyone you played against or with? Um, is Lee Smith in a book? He's a tight end, but he, he, He's, he has mindset. a quote. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, because the first person that popped up in my mind when you said mindset, I, I loved Lee Smith. I loved him. Like, he always did something illegal, but he didn't necessarily get caught. But he might get a flag on him, but he was he, he said, I just wanted to get the party started. And then we come back in the huddle, and, and like, like Lee, you did, yep, yep, I had to get the party started. And then, and then we get back out there. But I, I loved Lee, his mindset, his attitude. He wasn't the fastest, you know what I'm saying? He, he wasn't the best at what he was um, – uh, told to do as far as make um, getting the separation and stuff, but he went hard at it and he will make the play make the play happen. So uh, Lee's he's my guy, and he was the first first name that popped up in uh, first uh, face that popped up in my mind. Lee Smith, that's my guy. Shout out to Lee. I think he just retired maybe last year. Also, I mean, one of the best human beings in the sport, right? Just such an unbelievable guy, and he. To answer your question, like he, yeah, he almost made the book. Honestly, we talked like late in the process. I think I had to get my manuscript in in like a week when he when we finally connected. So I didn't have enough time to give him his own chapter. So that's why I ran like a a long Q and A at the website with Lee because his his life is nuts, Steve. I mean, do you know like where he comes from and yeah. his relationship yeah. with his dad yes. and everything that yeah. happened to him in college? It's it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, and uh, here's another cool story about Lee. Lee Lee's dope. But his son is even doper, uh, if that's even a word. But Brody, shout out to uh, Brody Smith, it's Lee's son. My daughter, they was in the same school when it was in maybe first grade or maybe can't I can't I can't remember. Maybe it was first grade. Um, she was getting bullied out in Buffalo, and and Brody stood up for her, man, and and like it was just so it was so sweet to hear, man. And and I don't, obviously I don't think they knew each other like that, but. Just so happened, Brody was a guy that um, that protected my daughter Maya back in uh, first grade in, in Buffalo. It's pretty cool. That that's amazing because I, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but thinking back to the conversation with Lee, and he was talking about be, being a dad and parenting, and I mean that's like one of his big life lessons with his yeah. with his kids. It's like never be a bully. There's no bigger coward in life than a bully. And basically, if you see somebody bullying, step in. That's um, wild. He because of when, when Lee went through, I mean, with, with his his dad, it's, it's really complicated. I mean, they had this great relationship, but, you know, when he was done playing, he had some alcohol issues, depression issues, and was really like a bully to Lee and mm-hmm. was physical with him. So that that's a point of emphasis he right. has as a, as a dad himself. That's amazing. You see, that's that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool how it comes in full circle, man. Let's put that work in. Lee's a, he's an example of it. I'm glad that he was able to get brought up somehow on on uh, on our time in our time. Yeah, and, and Ty, the other thing in the book is I, I just love the whole dynamic between Tony Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez and Malarkey. It, <laughs> it makes me hate Malarkey even more. As Stevie was defending um, Dick Duran like nobody could ever do in my mind. I, it's like I gave my season tickets when they extended him, but just hearing Tony Gonzalez hated Malarkey was awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, I, it just it. it there's two sides to everything. So that's why I made a point like to talk to Malarkey and get his take. But yeah. 
they both said the same thing. They did not like each other. And Malarkey wanted Tony Gonzalez to block and be a grunter. And that's why he kept him after practice. And he's like having him bash into defensive linemen. And, um, and yeah, he didn't, he didn't call a play for him there. He did at the very end uh, for catch number 1000 in Tampa. And Tony was, he was pissed that he just didn't get him that, get him that ball. And they almost went at it in the locker room. It was close. And and it'd be like that though. Like sometimes you gotta you gotta go out there with your coach. That don't mean you a bad person. I don't mean your coach is a bad person, but it's just you know sometimes those hot, those uh those big egos they 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 don't they don't match. But you know it can still work. It can still work. You know it can still work. Well, I mean, I got to think you got a story down those lines, Steve. You was whether it's you or, or somebody. Did you did did you see a did you see something kind of. You know, uh, get to that point in the locker room where you guys wanted to go after it? Uh, no, nah, not necessarily going. Like, we have fights on, on a practice field. I think that's that's normal stuff nowadays. Um, something with a coach. Um, I remember one time where I stood up for a player and I got in trouble for it. Um, I was I stood up for Marcel Darius, and he was they was just calling him out in a in a meeting or something. I'm like, I just had to stand up for him. And then after that, I got like called poison and this and that. And I was this and that. And I was like, like, yo, nope. And nobody else stood up for me. I was like, okay, I'm just continue to be quiet from here, from here on out. Cause every time I say open my mouth, something bad happening. So I'm going to just be quiet. All right. Man, that sounds like a Maroon story. Uh, yep, that's a long story. <laughs> and he, the thing is, he called me up. He the one that told me to say something. Like, you got something to say? So I'm like, yeah, man, getting on this guy about this, this, and this. That happened in the beginning of the week. It's Sunday. Like, guys just got to worry about winning against their their defense, uh, playing. You know what I'm saying? Beating their man. You know, um, you still talking about him doing something on on Monday or something like. And it probably wasn't the time for that, but he he kept bashing him for something that was like a long time ago. Okay, now I'm gonna say let's get all over it. Talk about what they need to be doing on Sunday. And then, you know, I got I was called bad bad uh, player uh, teammate or whatever. And it was just I was like I'm done. I ain't gonna I ain't saying nothing else. <laughs> right. I, <remember laughs> I think I remember you talking about that last last time on the happy hour. What what day of the week was it? Was this like the whole team? Was the everybody in yeah, there? Well, no, this was right after the game. Like this was right oh, after right. the game in Tampa. Um, we was we was in Tampa, and you know he was just he was just he was upset. You feel me? He was upset, and then but he was he was directly going at at um, at Marcel. Um, he had a few late late appearances or whatnot, but you know, yeah, yeah. He, he put in that work he put in. He got his discipline or whatnot on that Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever. It's Sunday now. Are you still talking about Monday? You know? Um, that was just where my mind was. I was just upset we took the took the L. Yeah. I could have handled it different too, you know. So you know, it's just one of teach though. Yeah, he's uh he's he's one of a kind, isn't he? Yeah. Not yeah. not exactly a player's coach. Yeah, or even like a community coach. I, I can remember him like locking the community out of training camp. You know, like what is that about? The families don't come. He, I, that may not have nothing to do with anything again, but it's like that was just different because in Buffalo, you know how things is out there. Like the community is tight. You know, families was able to be at the practice after practices and, and things like that. But he kind of switched that up. He was trying to, you know, change. He was trying to change things. So that was that was his attempt. Um, when I look back at it and can't, can't knock him for, you know, he had a lot of pressure on him coming in and trying to be that, be the savior. 
Um, but you know, they just they didn't they didn't go about it, you know, the right way. I would say, you know, they didn't go about it the right way. And it could have been sweet. I feel like it could have been really really sweet with the team that um, when he got in the year after we, with the draft picks and then the guys that we had the year that uh, that year when he did come. It was a pretty deep team. Um, I wish I would have been a part of that, though. You know? I think that's why it's easy to root for, like, Brian Dable, Kevin O'Connell, um, Doug Peterson, Dan Campbell. Like, you can change a culture, right? You can do all that stuff you want to do without being an asshole about it. <laughs> you can treat players as human beings. like, And you can still be hard on It's not like you're, you know, a pushover. You're not coddling guys. You can you can still be direct. Uh but you know, you treat more treat coaches understand human now. More more coaches understand that now. You know, it's it's a different it's a different uh, aura now around the, the league and and things like that. Especially with other leagues, you know, being so like NBA, uh, you know, um, is pretty cool when it comes down to certain things. Just simple, simple as simple as like the dress codes. You know, it was a, at a time where NFL, I would get in trouble for having a hoodie under my blazer. Now you see it all the time. You feel me? And that's probably because like the fashion freedom of the NBA and people starting to see that, seeing people express themselves, but the NFL is catching up with it. You know, I mean, the NF, the teams themselves celebrate the walk to the plane now and how guys are dressed. Like it's the, the league and the teams are putting this out on their social media. And yeah, so that's a good change. Maybe it is right. changing. Right. That is so, another thing. The, the social media is funny. Now these teams are going at it with each other. Like it's, it's funny, man. It's cool. It's cool to see. It's a it's a fun time to be a to be a player. I wish uh, I was healthy more and I was still playing at least one year in this in this time. So, Stevie, could you tell back then that Nate Hackett was going to be a horrible head coach? Uh, I didn't think <laughs> a horrible head coach because he was <laughs> was so upbeat. You know, when he was our um, he was like the offensive um, control quality control uh, guy back then. And he was super cool, energetic, always fun. He loved it. He loved making plays. Um, so I thought that would transfer over into, you know, being a head coach. But it's, it's a lot of pieces that you got to have to be successful in this league. And I think he sees it. And he understands it. Um, it's, 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 I can't call it. I can't call it. I haven't been a coach in this league. I've been a coach in high school. And I stopped after one year. I said, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> go, no coach. <laughs> That is so true on Hackett, though. I mean, anybody who's talked to him, he, he's he got a magnetic personality. He's fun. He gets you right. excited to talk football, think football, like just like his dad. I mean, he eats and sleeps and breeds it. But, man, I don't the know whether is, it's a scheme or like the bigger picture of being a head coach, something didn't work. You can have that, but it's like you got to have your, your assistant coaches be able to, you know, like let's say I was on the staff with him. He can, he can, I think he could be successful because, I mean, I feel like I know how to teach players skills, skill building, how to get open, how to do this certain things, how body movement, what to read or what to see when you want to get open. He, he knows the game. He knows the X's and O's of it. He's, he's got the enthusiasm of it, but he can't, he can't say, Hey, look, this is what you do to get open on this post corner route. You feel me? It's, it's his, it's his help that he, that needs to do that. So maybe that's one thing that needs to be done. His staff was pretty bad. That's a good, really good point. Like the people yeah. around the league said, like his offensive staff not, not exactly top notch. So and Russell yeah. Wilson is cooked. It seems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's too friendly, man. Getting hiring his friends instead of guys that he should be hiring. You know? Exactly. 
Uh, I know Joe had a question. Yeah, hey, thanks, Ty. Uh, hey, Stevie, how you doing, man? What's going um, on? Not much, bro. Uh, I just, I decided to Wikipedia you. Uh, just to, I just wanted to see if there was anything like, oh, I didn't know about this, or it was true or false. Kawhi Leonard is your cousin? Oh, yeah, Kawhi, nah, Kawhi, not my blood cousin. He just, okay. yeah, we just grew up together, you know, being out here in California, at sports circuits, um, you know, um, and then when I came to San Diego, I brought him to our train our training camp, and then every that, that's when it just went crazy. Stevie and Kawhi's family, this and that, and then I don't know how it took off like that, but that's what they say. But nah, it's just that's just a, a good friend of the family for years. What's he What's he like? Because he's he's kind of a lightning rod, <laughs> like in terms of where where he's been and like what's he like? Is he like in terms of like yeah, super? Uh, let me let me try to compare him to. I would say, like, have you been around, like, Lee Evans when he was playing? You know, just super to himself, just chill, you know, go handle his business. Um, that's that's how that's how Kawhi that's how Kawhi is. He he's not he's not out there trying to do extra. He he go work out two three times a day. Um, he go chill out with the fam, and he not go do nothing extra. Basically, he just go do what's on his schedule. <laughs> that's I, that's the best I can I can put it. You know, super chill. Don't talk a lot. Answer a question. You know, he's just, just cool. Um. All right. Awesome. And and then a follow up question has nothing to do with Kawhi, but uh, this week on Bill's Twitter, if you want to call it that, there's been a lot of talk about like bulletin board material. As a player, did you ever read what the press said about you and like articles? And did you use that motivation, or did you just block all that stuff out? Yeah, I mean, we all we all can see it. Um, I, I can't say if I necessarily use it as motivation, though, because it's already motivation enough to try to win against those dudes on Sundays. So, like, that was just entertainment. It was just, just outside entertainment, basically. You know, um, one of those prove them right, prove them wrong type things, but nothing that you really hang your hat on in a sense. You know, um, you know, it's the, the bulletin board material is real. They do hang it up in the locker rooms when it's when it's necessary, but um, it's it's nothing that people are getting bent out of shape over. I would say. So that's good to know because I don't like I don't like to think we're that important in the media, right? Like just at the, at the end of the day, it comes to comes down to like the actual game. Yeah, it definitely comes down to the game. It's, it's not that it's not important. It's just it's just not that we should really be focusing on that that part, you know. <laughs> We gotta really focus on this. This all pro lined up across from us. That is the words being printed. With uh, with your mentorship, how much do you actually go through uh, talking about skill, and how much are you talking about the business side and and how to handle yourself going through college and into the pros and getting ready for that? Oh, good one. Um, it's it's pretty. I would I would like to say it's throughout the day. But I would just set it up in, in as our schedule. So in the morning we we get up, we teach them a skill. Some, most mostly it's chef. We have a chef come by, teach them how to cook a meal, prepare it for themselves. For when they go on to uh, college and be on their own, they'll have a skill to cook for themselves. Um, and and that's amongst us talking about the entrepreneurship things outside and and, and not football related. And then we'll go to the um, I have a buddy with a private facility, and then we'll talk about strengthening, strength training. Then we go to the field after that, and that's when we're talking about the skills. 
after after that those sessions um i take them back to the house and i have my brother uh jamie richard with me because it's two of us that run it and he'll he'll dive into the mentorship you know he's he's been around um you know the group homes for like around 25 20 plus years and um that's where we connect that the mentorship area of it you know so we attacking them consistently on and off the field if we if we if we go from the field and come back to the house and learn something um that'll be the mentorship side or we'll have someone come in and speak to them like um a businessman an entrepreneur that made it you know so they can tell their story um and help out you know so that's the whole process of this exposure academy uh, mentorship program it's, it's kind of non-stop and and we hitting them with as much information as we can because we only got so much time with them you know so we try to take it take advantage of it all and record everything so that they can be accountable to it i, I want to say jamie's on here right could be wrong hey okay, isn't i can i can only see yeah one can y'all hear me okay what up bro what's going on yes. brother yeah my camera's tripping right now i'm sorry how y'all doing Okay, yeah. Good, so, man. Thanks for popping on. Uh, no problem, no problem, man. No problem. I appreciate it. Yeah, Coach Rich is uh he's he's been with me the, the entire time. You know, when I'm coming out to Buffalo, he's there with me. I don't know if you guys uh ever seen any images of him. Um, but yeah, he's he's take care he take care of half and I'll take care of the other half, and then we have um Reggie Guapo who who's our cameraman. And then um as far as the music goes, um we're putting the when we put all our docu series and our vlog series together, um, our our family Rich Rocca uh, places the music. Now I don't know if Will's in here or not. I guess not. I don't think he is. And you you're coming to Buffalo, right? Uh, for two different weeks, two different symposiums. Uh, yeah, April we have our annual um, skills camp at Amherst, which has been a blast. We love we love having it out there. You know that the Amherst Tigers they take care of us. Um, and then June, we'll also have, I'm sorry. And then also, uh, in April, we're with full circuit. We have our, our, our private skill building session that we have there every year also. Um, so I'll try to make rounds in different locations. So, um, I can touch as many, you know, athletes as I can while I'm there. Um, and then we come back in June for our symposium and that'll be the, the eight day, uh, exposure Academy. Awesome. Well, we'll have all the links, you know, all, all over the site with, with this happy hour. So be sure to check it out, everyone. And yeah, yeah. It was, we, had a, we had a good time. It was a, it was a success last time. Um, yeah. We was blessed by Jason, Jeremy Kelly to let us get Highmark Stadium. And we had the kids out there. It was, it was, it was a good time. They all showed up and showed out. And, um, you know, they've been hitting me up, waiting for the next one. And it's coming up. When you come back to Western New York, when you go out, downtown or wherever you go i mean yeah i don't even know what you do in your spare time do people come up to you a lot of fans come up to you and want to you know shake your hands and kiss their babies yeah. all that stuff yeah it's and it's cool it's cool man I, I love it you know now the beautiful thing is it's starting to get outside of buffalo now you know i'm starting to walk by in here and go bills when i walk as you walk past you know and i might not even have on a, a buffalo any buffalo gear on you know, so that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, when I'm back there, it's constant. It's all day. You know, it's it's uh, it's appreciated for sure. I'm glad that nobody's really um um you know bashful or shy to come to come come talk and speak. You know, that's that's what it's about. That's what it's about. I know Connor and uh, Bill have their their hands up here. So fire away, fellas. Hey, Stevie, what's good, man? What up? What up? How you doing? Uh, just chilling. Um, so. 
I had a question about HBF since y'all were talking about that. Um, I've seen y'all, you post about the handle business, have fun creators a bit. Is that just like your video guy, your sound man, um, and like the people that you wrote that book with, or is it like a whole separate thing that you're like creating aside from like the skills camp that you usually have? Is that going to be like a, a separate sector that y'all are trying to build? Or is it just yeah, like, so, yeah, in a sense, yes. You know, in a sense it is, um, it's mainly like the, the main creators of, of certain entities that we've had, like, like you said, our camera, our main cameraman, he's a part of the HVHF creators because he's been there for every, you know, XA camp. Um, our, we have our trading cards. We have the, the the main creator of that is within that that coalition. You know, our social uh, publicist, she's in there. You know, um, obviously, like the, the our book creators, they're in there. You know, it's just the guys that I would go to um, in our text message group and hey, what what what, you, what can we create now? What how can we create something that's helpful for somebody and then that that group is the hbhf creators you know oh that's dope man um and i i had a football question too i want to take you back to like the the end of the the dixeron days like star chan gailey days when you also had fitzpatrick and trent edwards i was wondering like what that qb controversy was kind of like from a guy in the locker room because like obviously fitzpatrick starts like the rest of 2009 Trent starts 2010, he gets benched, then cut. Was there like a, were most people on Fitzpatrick or, or were people like picking sides? Yeah, no, we was, we was so locked in on Trent's, Trent's the guy, you know, come on, you'll bounce back Trent. Cause me and Fitz, we was, we was on the scout team. You know, we weren't thinking next week we might be up together. It was just, hey, we go go back to practice and we go do our thing. Um, whatever's going on with Trent, let's hopefully he do better and do good. Because we want to win. We want to go to playoffs. Um, there was no animosity. It was no kind of fire in the locker room, um, which is kind of kind of cool looking back at nobody. I never really even thought about that. That's a good question. I never thought about that because nowadays there's always some kind of kind of heat. But yeah, we didn't even we didn't even look at it or think of it like that. You know, we was just, I guess, doing our thing at, at practice and hoping for the best for our, our starting quarterback. And unfortunately, it wasn't working. And then, you know, Coach Gailey came in and made the switch up with Fitz, and then he called me in um, with the same thing with Lee, you know, saying we want you to be at the X now or something. And it's like, you know, nobody was really thinking about, thinking about snatching anybody's position. We was just playing our roles, and Coach was doing what he was doing. Kind of crazy. Trent Edwards has not played in a decade, yet he's still six years younger than Tom Brady. that's weird i wish i was a qb man well i can't say i wish i was because a lot of qbs don't play that long you just got to know how to protect yourself i guess you know it came with a cost for tom though yeah a little little bit of a cost this year we'll we'll see what the kind of a bay area i mean any any predictions on tom where, where he might go uh no i don't i don't know i i support him though being a california guy um, and when he's not playing against our our team, but uh, I don't know no specifics on him to be honest. Alrighty, Bill, let's hear it, man. Hey, Stevie. Hey, guys, can you hear me? We got gotcha. you. Okay, okay, cool. Sorry, I, I apologize. I've been driving around uh, today. Sorry, I was late to the call, but um, uh, thanks Stevie, for doing thanks it. For doing God, this. That's commitment. Yeah, yeah, Ty. Thanks for doing this. This is great. Um, Stevie, it's been cool kind of corresponding with you uh, over time. Sorry, 
in the car here. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to uh, ask was, you know, growing up in Rochester, like 10 miles from St. John Fisher and, you know, Bill's Mafia, Western New York. Um, did, did you feel, you know, you played on a few NFL teams, you played, you know, in Kentucky and things like that, and you've been all over the place, West Coast. But, uh, you know, Buffalo isn't exactly, you know, Vegas or uh, New York City. Um, do you feel like the team kind of just uh, would come together, you know, just because, I mean, not to get Willis McGahee quote, you know, not much to do kind of thing, but, you know, just uh, that small town feel, do you think that brought the team kind of closer together um, than maybe on other NFL teams or, you know, I know, Ty, you're not supposed to ask the question of, you know, talk about, but maybe talk about, <laughs> you know, kind of that Buffalo feel a little bit. Um, as you can tell, I'm not a not a qualified journalist. But thanks again, Stevie and uh, Ty, for setting this up. This is great. Same, same. Uh, good question. Good question. And, and that definitely plays a part in in a, in having a, a building and building a team. I would say I don't say it plays a part in wins and losses, but for the for the simple fact of like what I think Connor just said, he he was talking about like was there any any heat in the locker room with quarterbacks. And no, it wasn't because we were so connected. We were so tight. We didn't go to – it wasn't the beach or it wasn't the, like, nightlife that, that everybody was splitting up to. We was all pretty much together. We'd go to the hub to go hoop together. We'd go eat, um, you know, and chill. So um, when it came to, like, that nightlife, we was all together, you know, and, and it definitely helped out. I, I can think about going to – when I was with the Chargers, when I came to the Chargers my last couple of years. And it was it was so wide out. It was so wide and there, a lot of things to do. I was only tight with the receivers in a sense, you know. We was only only spent a lot of time with each other um here and there. But like Buffalo was different. I I knew everybody on the team, you know. San Francisco was kinda like that because we was in Santa Clara. You know, it wasn't really the big city of San Francisco. So um that that does kind of help. That does help. Um it kind of reminded me of of Kentucky. You know, Buffalo reminded me of Kentucky when I was there. You know, the the city of Lexington, that the Kentucky Wildcats was their pro team. You know, the Buffalo Bills, as much as people try to talk bash and this and that, oh, where's Buffalo? But people in Buffalo knew that this is their team. This is their team, you know. So um that that small city feel is 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 good though. It's a good feeling to have and be a part of. Great. Thanks. Thanks for doing this, Stevie. No problem. No problem. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, Stevie. Yeah, I got a question. You, you just mentioned San Fran before. Do you have any Jim Harbaugh, like Colin Kaepernick, or like Greg Roman stories? Because all three kind of seemed obviously polarizing at that time. Like, how, do you, how did you feel about Because you were there at his Jim Harbaugh's last season there. Like. Last. Yeah. How did you feel about him? Like, because that, that I remember that team was loaded. Like, you guys, like they traded you there, and that team was like Super Bowl aspirations. And I remember they they kind of fizzled out that year. Like, what was what were those three guys like? Like Roman Kaepernick and uh, Harbaugh for you? Um, Coach Harbaugh, let's start with him. He was he was everything that you see on on TV. You know, he was animated, loved the game. Obviously, um, his stories was great. Um, it was just football stories about him, his family, his brother, his dad, things like that, and just being locked in and focused. Um, g- great players, coach. Um, I can't say nothing bad about him. You know, hearing him describe my play style, you know, <laughs> he had a clip out there. We doing, 
he's a pretty cool dude. Um, he also, another cool thing, he allowed um, Rich Rocker, who done the music for our Exposure Academy, come out to Michigan and perform um, with his team. So he, he that's, that's the type of dude that he is. A lot of coaches not not allowing that. Um, Coach Giro, Greg Roman, he was he was cool. I I was I thought Giro was good. I just thought we needed to line up and just go, like let Cap spread it out. You know, if we need to pat, hand it off to Gord, let's let's do it. But let him go. We was doing a lot of I think it was over coaching. You know, with with Giro and, and at that time, a lot of motion here. Go to this like man. Let's just line it up. They can't guard us. Bolden, me, Brandon, Lloyd, Crabtree, Vernon Davis. Like it was it was a, a stack group um Kaepernick Kaepernick was solid I, I appreciated Cap because you know he was a star he was a, a star he was Super Bowl I think year before or whatnot and um new receiver come in and I knew I ran routes a little bit different so when I came to him came there I didn't want to get smacked in the head like everybody was saying with the ball you know he even gave people um swollen eyes and everything how, how hard he threw and, um, you know, so I asked him one day, can you get some work in with me on a, on a, uh, on an off day? And man, to my surprise, he was for it. He was all the way for it. You know, we stayed at for like two, two hours, maybe three hours. And, um, and shoot, we, we connected well. We had one of like one of my favorite catches. Um, and I credited to him working out with me that one time, just, just playing catch, running, running to his, uh, fastballs and, um, and you know we end up connecting on on Sunday, and it was pretty cool. That team was that team was pretty cool. It was interesting, an interesting team bunch over there at that time. Yeah, because I mean, you guys went eight and eight that season, and you, but you started seven and four, and then the wheels kind of kind of came off. And then after that, you know, Chip Kelly comes in. Not not or Jim Tom Sula. I'm sorry, Jim Tom Sula. Tom Sula that. Yeah, nowhere. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> It, it was like managed. It was like you know, you got you. You just appreciate what's going on in Buffalo now because it takes so much for the players and then the community and then the management to all be on one accord. You know, like when you when you think about San Francisco, yeah, we had a fire player group. You know, what I'm saying our coaches was was tight, community was there, but it wasn't on the same page. You know, the coaches was beefing when it was kind of weird, strange up there. Um, and it just, it, it just wasn't, the, it wasn't the right, it wasn't a good fit, I guess, you know? Um, but right now, like what we're seeing with, with the Bills staff and with the Bills community and the Bills players, it, it's all one accord. I don't know how it worked, how it happened like that, but whatever you feel, whatever y'all sensing, that's, that's what it is to be on one accord in, in three levels. And, and that's tough to accomplish. So appreciate these years. That's a great point. Monus always says that too. I mean, you need the ownership, the GM, the head coach, all in sync. And, and Trent Balky and Jim Harbaugh—they were not on the same page. And, page, not on the same page. You know, Stevie, you got. Uh, I was listening to Bussin' with the boys. It's like Will Compton and uh, T- Taylor Luan. I think they had on Delaney Walker. You got any good Jim Jim Tom Sula stories? Were you uh, there with him? Tom, yeah, I was there. He was he was position coach, but he was he was cool. He wasn't like out there in the open. He had his he had his um, you know, his beach Hawaiian shirts on, the hair, the, the the taco me coming out. He was he was a cool coach. Like nothing bad to say about him, you know. Um, yeah, Tom Sula was he was cool. Whenever I seen him, whenever I seen him around a facility, nobody expected him to be the head coach though at all. That was like nobody expected that. 
Um, but more power to him. Um, he was just a cool dude. No, I don't. I don't really have nothing personal to say about him. No. Oh man, the last one I have on, on this end, Stevie, is I. I'm guessing Kentucky guys stick together, but one of our longer stories at at Go Long was on Lynn Bowden Jr. I mean, I was just oh, he was awesome just to hang out with. Just a different different personality, different guy. You know, not like you don't you don't judge a book by his cover. Like his mind is right. all over the place on all sorts of different issues. But man, mm-hmm. I was sold. Like I really thought he was. Yeah, mishandled in, in Oakland with, with Gruden, with Mayock, you know, on the field, off the field, really wasn't treated right, gets to Miami, and I'm thinking he's going to set the league on fire. Didn't happen. He's in New yeah. England, kind of waited on the practice squad, really didn't get his chance there. Do you have a relationship with Lynn, and uh, is he going to make us all look like geniuses at some point and just set the league on fire? Please say yeah. yes. Yeah, I got a, I got a good relationship with Lynn. He's a, uh, he's a good dude, Him, his family, his mother, um, his children. Yeah. Um, he's definitely different. You, you, you explain, explain them really well. You know, he, he a different, he an alien. He, one of us, he, one of us, he's an alien. Um, what is it like his third, fourth year now going into his fourth yeah. year? Maybe? So yeah, yeah I, I feel like, dang, then you go into a different team. So it's all about just, just how you mesh with that team, you know, that, how that roster looking, where they put you at. And then you just got to, you know, attack that role. We know he got the talent. Um, I know he's got the talent. It's just, you know, you got to get in the right situation. And a lot of people get blessed to be in the right situation. Some of us, some of us don't, you know, so we'll, we'll just see as long as he's healthy and still in the league, you got an opportunity to, to blow somewhere, you know? So uh, that's my take on it. Um, I know he's a stud. Um, I've, obviously I witnessed him all his years at, at Kentucky from being just a returner to getting a shot at playing receiver to being turned into the quarterback, you know what I'm saying? So I've seen it all, you know, I know he's got it. Um, it's just about getting that, getting that shot and that opportunity. It really is. You, you've got to have the the coaches and the people who believe, believe in who you are, right. And just accentuate. Those right. Kids. And then it, don't, it, then it don't stop there. You know, like once you get all of that and you actually get the opportunity, okay, now you got to make plays and you got to keep making plays. But then along with making the plays, you got to do the right thing off the field. You got to, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it just, it doesn't stop. Once you accomplish one level, that level begins and now you got to accomplish that. And then you get to another one, you know, and that's the circle of life. That's the handle bid. That's where if you think it is too much pressure, think about what we created, which is handle bids, have fun. That'll give you peace of mind. Handle bids, have fun, repeat, handle your business, have fun with it. Repeat that. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, don't handle your business, have fun. And you oh, I'm done. I did my thing. No, nah, you got it. You got to repeat. You got to repeat. And um, longevity, that's how you do it and until the wheels fall off, basically. Beautifully said. I know. I think Joe's got the last one here, man. Bring us home, Joe. Bring us home. I'll try to. Stevie, with your mentorship where you're, you know, you're talking to a lot of younger people and kids, how do you feel about – I feel like there's a push for parents not letting their kids play football. And I, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm married and – We've already had this discussion if we have a kid and, you know, they're not playing football. And that's, that's more or less my mom. That's, that's the wife. It's just more so than me. But, like, I'm like, how do you feel about that in terms of, like, like that sort of narrative? And how do you – have you had to address it with any of these these kids? I know, that like, some of them play, obviously. But, like, have you ever had to deal with that? All the time. Like, where they're like, hey, my mom doesn't want me to play f- football. And, like, do you – 
do you decide to maybe talk to the mom or are you just like you gotta do like how do you feel now as like i think i think you're my apologies if you i think you're a parent right like you yep. Like, yep. yeah like how do you like how do you feel about that now because you know 15 years ago none of us i was like yeah go play who gives a crap now right. it's like it's a different right. So, so that's a that's a, actually an awesome question. You definitely brought it home with this one. Um, and I get this question a lot. I get it a lot from parents, um, uncles, aunties, everybody. And and I'm with them. I'm I'm with them. Like so, like with your wife, I'm, I'm with it. Hey, I don't know if I want them to play football, but it's not it's not for the fact that football is dangerous. It's just I don't know if they can protect themselves. Right? You know what I'm saying? Right now. Um, so that's why we created our our XA experiences or our symposiums to where we can actually teach these kids instead of one day, I, I got a whole week with them so that we can prepare them for whether it's flag football or tackle football. And then we got to teach them the mentality of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, we got to watch film, you know? So if you, if you ask me, Hey, should I let my son play? And he's, he's brand new to the game. I would lean more towards no. You know, because I want him to be safe. I don't want you to have to worry about none of that. You know, I'd rather him be prepared. You know, so that's why we create our symposium so that the co- the parents can send their kids to us and prepare them for that next step. Man, that was a great question, Joe. I think we're all like struggling with that one out of Demar Hamlin. I did the same thing. I was at the game at Paycor. Just texted my wife. We've got a one and a half year old, and shit, like this is when we think Demar. I mean, his, I mean, his heart did stop. Yeah, yeah. And we're, your your thought goes to him, number one. And then eventually it's like, well, shit, we want Sonny to play this sport. And I don't know, man. Like I, football does so much good. There's there's so many life lessons learned in this sport that I don't think other sports have that I kind of default to that. But I get it. Like, I, I mean, I started playing tackle football in third grade, which I that might not be the best move, right? Like, we there's we probably would have about it. I, Queer to queer, or, or I don't know what it's all yeah. like. We was out there doing. I don't know if the kids is doing it now. So like we was prepared for those hits or or whatnot, you know. But nowadays you really got to have them in in the camp or in some type of program to teach them so that they can be prepared. And then parents do your research on that program, you know, because sometimes they don't they're not teaching the kids right or they're not really focused and locked in. They probably just want the money, you know. So uh, do just do your research, but. Like, like with DeMar, you brought that up. Like that can happen with anything that can happen in any sport, you know, like in that sense, you know, I, we, we can't, we can't stop that from happening. Right. You know, um, you know, he probably could have got, got, got elbow or, or shoulder in basketball too. You know, that could have happened or dive into, to a base, you know, anything. Um, but as far as just like things that you can control, yeah, get, get your kids into the camps so that they, you can see them moving first and see if they prepare for it. And then, you know, go from there. Everybody can learn and become a, a football player, but it just takes that time because you got to put in. It was a remarkably ordinary play that you see 200 times on a Sunday. It's crazy. Precisely. That's Precisely. why they got to get to your camp, though, right? Just get to Stevie's camp. He'll teach you yep. the ways, and you'll be all set. Indeed, indeed. We go teach you from the from the physical standpoint and the mentality standpoint, you know? Um, before we go, like I created the camp just so that I can get more involved with the kids. You know, I, I can't do much when I'm just talking to over social media or passing by, um, or even with one day camps, like I can't do too, as much as I need to. 
if you really want to be a uh, go to the next level and you playing football, I guarantee you need to be involved with Club HBHF because we go give it to you straight, we go give it to you raw, um, and we go te- we go teach you skills not only for the sport but just to become able in in this world. You know that's that's our mindset, that's our goal, and that's our mission. I love it, and that and that's why you're here hanging out, right? I mean, there's, there's you can talk to people on social media or shoot a text, but nothing beats actually having conversation like this for an hour, seeing people in person with, with handle biz, have fun. So man, we, we appreciate it. Stevie, you're the man, you're a legend. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us on a, on a Friday night. One love, one love. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to the whole squad. I'll see y'all in April. Or... We'll be there. We'll bring a contingent, man. We'll make it happen. All right. One love. Thanks, Stevie. Thanks, Stevie.